On Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, I mean, you know, everywhere. everywhere. Wherever you're listening right yeah, now. Yeah, wherever, yeah, wherever you're listening right now. That's what on there, from. too. We're on yeah, there, too. We'll wherever there you're well. listening. <laughs> Number? Oh, this is episode 64. 64, 64. man. Like, I'm stacking them, <laughs> That is my favorite Impala. I mean, I think that's every, like, Mexican. That's like, like the, uh, that's like the yeah. one, you know what I mean? You get a 64. Like... That's why in 90, 94, they came out with it again. Chevy, they did the Impalas again, remember? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. 94 when they came out with another <coughs> don't, one. Don't, don't do that, Steve. No. But that's what, that's what they came out with, dude. I didn't say yeah, it was good. They knew. I didn't say it was name, good. But no. Yeah. That yeah. was an insult. You know, it definitely was a very big insult. Uh, already we have Atlanta. Oh, no, but we're, yeah. Yeah. Yep. ATL Bench. ATL Bench. Yeah, what's Great up, Live man? stream. Yeah. What up, Nice to have you in here. Well, today we have a good friend of mine. Um, just, I mean, there's so much to even go through. Uh, just really quick. Yep. He's the link. And we talked about it last week a little bit. He's the link to me. Being on K Rock. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because he yeah. knew Lightning. I mean, it's just crazy because I got I <laughs> I got fired from my. I used to be a mechanic at, at uh, Bob Cook's uh, Tractors, <laughs> and I had pierced my ears, and he was so pissed that I pierced them, so he fired me. Oh shit! He goes, "It's your earrings or you?" And I was like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, because he yelled job. at me, bro. No, yeah, yeah. He like yeah, asked yeah, me, bro. Yeah. Like I'm not stupid. I, I needed to work. You know what I mean? I would have took him out. But he came out there all puffing and puffing. So I quit, and then I was just not doing anything. And Chuck's like, well, come work with me at, you know, this magazine. Cool, let's do it. Dirt Pilot. And I started hopping out, like, doing photos, doing this and that. And then um, Rad One used to be the head dude and did everything at Dirt Pilot. He left to do some other stuff, let us take over. And then he knew Lightning. I don't know how he knew Lightning, how he met Lightning. And he'll go into it, I guess, if you like. And then we started hanging out with Lightning. You know, so uh-huh. Lightning met us, and then we started hanging out. It was like about a two-year courtship. And then all of a sudden, bro, we got the call. Steve, does Steve want to interview for Kevin and Bean? Hell yeah. Hell the next yeah. day, and that's it. Hell and he yeah. named me Super Steve. Yeah. He opened the doors and said, hey, I want to introduce you guys to Super Steve. I was like, oh, shit. That's pretty dope. <laughs> That's what he thought. Could have been stupid, Steve. Could have been stupid, Steve, bro. Could have been a lot of things. You know? Could have been yeah, stupid, Yeah, could have been Steve. a lot of things. And so, Rad One right here was the link. Was that drop? You know, was that rock in the ocean that just made everything? Right, which puts us memes. together. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. So, he also... This right, is right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Everything. Because yeah. we met because of that. And yep. then, Mario, we met. So, it, like... That was the beginning, my man. I think me getting fired and you knowing him and everything coming together, I want to thank Rad One. Woo! 
Thank you. The great grandfather of the West Coast Pop Live yeah, podcast. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. We had a good couple of test runs. Yeah, and he also we did a couple uh, podcasts with him. Uh, we recorded them. We never put it out there. It was him and his cousin Chuck, a good friend of mine. You know Chuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, we did like three hours of just talking <laughs> about wh- how he started, where he came from, because he's from Alabama, and how he even got into like the scenes that he got into. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like skateboarding, graffiti, hip hop. And then making the journey out here, what what pushed him to come out here? So, you know, I mean, if you want to touch on it really quick, Rad, so that you can give people a little origin story of yourself. Yeah, I'm Rad One from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, now, like, I, I don't know where you even want to start because my life is, uh, yeah, I'm a mixed bag of fruit. I'm the uh, I'm the chameleon of sorts, I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean. Being that this is the uh, West Coast Pop Lock Show, uh, you know we get, you know, we'll try to stay on the whole hip hop music aspect of it all. And while I was in Alabama, uh, I grew up in the woods, and I was technically going to the school in the city, uh, Alabama School of Fine Arts. And in my class, you know, I had these guys that were playing music in our afternoon uh, class in our art class. We could play music. And I was probably listening to Devo or something. That was I, I have I have an extensive Devo collection of vinyl. Uh, but anyhow, I'm sitting there and my uh, artist friends that were in the class they were playing this track and I'm just like, okay. I walked over there and I'm like, what in the world is this that you guys are playing? Oh man! And now I got a technical difficulty. I got to change the battery. <laughs> because we were on the, we're on here for an hour already. But anyhow, I'm just going to keep this story rolling. Yeah, That's yeah. just how I roll. Um, so they uh, they all started laughing. They just thought it was the funniest thing that I came over and was like, you know, what is this? And and literally, it was the Each Me Sun She Numbers song by Kraftwerk. And they were like man, you don't even know. These are some crazy white dudes out of Germany. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, so how are, you know, because they're playing all this hip-hop stuff. What year, is, crap, what year is this? How old are you, Johnny? What what year were you born, Johnny? 75. <laughs> so this was 79. Okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, 79, 80. Uh, and so... Yeah, no, no, this is a little bit later than then, because I don't think that song came out until like 81 or something. And when you get my age, these numbers really Sure, I understand completely. It's in the 80s, though. Yeah. Yeah. But anyhow, so they're playing this track, and I'm tripping out, and I'm like, yo, I I need to hear more of this stuff for what you, because they're playing. And the music just kept going, and it would just mix into another song. Because, you know, I'm listening to, like, regular records and regular radio. And they, you know, play a song, pause, broadcast, blah, 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 and then go into the next song. But these tapes they were playing, they just kept going. And I'm like, man, like, what in the world is all this? And I live technically 42 miles from the city. I'm out in the country, so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't pick up these radio stations. So they were literally making me tapes. 
and I, and my birthday was coming up and my mom's like, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, I want a boom box and a turntable. And she's like, oh, okay. So, so these guys, so I get my boom box and I get a turntable. And of course, like, I don't know what records to get. I'm playing the cassette tapes that they're playing me. And then, so I start going to this little record store in my hometown and uh, I, I just go in there and I put my boom box on the, on the counter and I'm like, what song is this? What song is this? And what song is this? And first of all, I'm playing hip hop and they're looking at me like, what, what do you do? Like what? Like they, they don't even know what these songs are. And uh, I keep asking them, guys in the store are like tripping out because now I'm blasting some stuff that came from the city and they're like, whoa. So the the owner eventually just said, hey, look, you obviously are looking for something that I have no idea what you're looking for. Here's my Here's my weekly music order list from the big record labels. And they... I get my hands on this and I start looking at it and I start because I'm like going through every record in his record store. I'm looking at the hip hop section. I start recognizing these labels. So when I get this list, I start seeing those label brands and okay. So first of all, the first piece of vinyl I ever purchased was a 12 inch and uh, it was, it's a, I think it was, I can't remember. I know it was on Def Jam, and I know it was Def Jam's like first recording. It was Tila Rock, "It's Yours," uh, and and that was like that was the moment for me. I I still have this record today, today, and it's just like it's the the sickest song. It has so much bass. It has more bass than like when Profile Run DMC and all those guys. When you go back and listen to these original Def Jam records. They just had bass like no other record had. Jeep music right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I start honing in on that label. Oh, I think it was Wild Pitch, Def Jam. No, I, can't. I know it was Def Jam, but I think it was like co, co-recorded. Uh, Def Jam's label was on there, but maybe Tila Rock or somebody was on another label. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it was Tila Rock. It's yours. Boom, 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 bap, boom, bap. You know, it's just like, oh, my God. So I start buying these records, and I'm getting them early now because I'm buying them through the record store as a record buyer. And so the guys in the record store, they're like, hey, whatever he's getting, just order another, like, just buy three, buy five, buy whatever. So now I'm kind of like, buying the taste maker you're a taste yes. maker now yeah for the record store and so now i'm going back to school and i'm showing my friends like dude check this out check this out because i'm like home i got my turntable i got a cassette tape and now i'm just like recording these records and, and putting them together and, and playing them for my buddies at school and they're tripping out on all this stuff and so one of the guys it was a performing arts high school so we had kids from all over the country and we we had this one dude he was from chicago and uh so next thing i know we start break dancing like you know we're listening to the music i'm hanging out with these guys now and we're listening to the music they start telling me about the break and so you know we we have like this uh art gallery 
uh, in our school because it's a performing arts high school. So the floor is like super slick. It's like any kind of public place. It's like decent. It's got this real slick floor. So we're in like starting to do all this breakdancing stuff in our socks, you know, because it was super fast and smooth and all that. So I'm like learning all this. And then one day my teacher, he comes over and how are you guys learning this? How are you guys learning to b-boy in the middle of fucking Alabama with no internet, with no, you know, like how, you know, like that is super impressive already. But like, how yeah, does that, how does that happen? How do you even begin to get the structure of footwork? and right, There's no like, like YouTube. Right, right. None of that exists. Yeah. yeah and this is like pre-Style Wars and pre-Beat Street. Right, absolutely. And- you know, I, well, well, our one buddy from Chicago, he kind of like knew about like this was the crazy thing. And this is what I've been talking to the United uh, a lot of late, because how did, you know, when I met them, they were already into graffiti. That's how we met is through graffiti. And this is like 81, 82, 83. And I'm talking to them about how. How, how, you know, and they were like, okay, you know, we had friends of the family that moved here from New York. It was very communicative. It was very like hand of mouth communication. I show you this, you listen to this. I, sh-, you know, it's very visual and it was very word of mouth. And, and I'll, 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 I'll state on this in here in just a moment, but it was very, you had to meet no touch feel and see this yeah um to even know about it so no, two definitely. things happen is is my art teacher he he you know they were getting these art magazines and and at that time the cats in new york you know the futura dondi phase two uh, uh fab five freddy who was also an artist we all know him as Joe and TV raps, but he was an aerosol artist. Like he was kind of like a crazy tastemaker in his own right. That's a whole nother story. But anyhow, my art teacher saw what I was getting into, and and he read this article in the in the mag in the art magazine talking about this hip hop thing, and it was this culture that was art, music, dance, and and I didn't really have the art aspect yet. I had the music. And then the dance, and then my art teacher handed me this magazine, and, and it had this story. And he says, "Here, read this." He says, "This thing that you guys are doing is a bigger thing that's a part of this." Oh, that's and so. There, f- and, and there's art involved. That's and there was so fucking like one cool. One little bitty picture in there, and I didn't. It was like a guy, and he was standing next to a canvas on a wall, and I really think it was Fred Breathway who is aka fab by freddy and i i never knew him as well yo mtv raps wasn't even out yet no no and, yeah, no. and this whole away. concept of subway art wasn't even in my head it was just saying like this this music this dance and now this form of art are all linked together. It's like all the elements all fucking for, like, forming like fucking Boltron. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but it was very, it was very like not spelled out. It was just kind of like about this artist and how he was vaguely a part of this thing, but he was doing the visual thing. And so I didn't, 
I didn't I didn't know what graffiti was. There was no definition of graffiti and this representation of the photo of this guy standing next to this canvas in this art gallery it just it wasn't fully a clipped visual concept. So, aside from that, my my classmates had you know cousins that also went to our school but they were two years older than us and when they graduated they actually went to Atlanta College of Arts and so LaDonna I remember you know her name and 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 she knew you know as we're in school we're like the young kids and they're the older classmates and they saw what we were into and yada 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 so when she would come back to our school after her first year or whatever in college over there. And she's like, hey, you know, that whole hip hop thing that you guys are into and stuff, we have a graffiti artist uh, at our school. And I'm like, oh my God, like you got to hit him up. Like you got to like, so she came back the next time. I'm like, do you talk to him? Do you talk to him? She's like, yeah, no, he ain't wanting to talk. He don't want, you know, he didn't want to talk. Yeah. So I'm like, here's my link to this thing that like this guy doesn't want to talk to her. So, okay. Fast forward, you know, there went that. That was like, you know, maybe 10th grade when, you know, I'm hearing about this, getting this music and starting to do all this stuff. In the meantime, like I also, I started my, at this same time in 10th grade. Um, and what was happening was, is I started working at this bus. I was riding my motorcycle like in Alabama at this time at 14 years old. You can have a motorcycle license. And so this one day I was driving home and I was actually living with my uncle while I was going to the school in Birmingham because it was too far uh, to drive back and forth to my to my house. He lived much closer to the school. So I'm living with him. <clears throat> I'm driving down the street. I see this bicycle shop and I'm already into BMX. I'm not like that deep into it, but I'm like really into it. I'm already checking out the magazines and all this stuff. And I see this real BMX shop and I'm like, Ooh, I slide in. They're closed already, and I'm like, oh, tomorrow I'm by, I'm coming by here, and I'm gonna be here before they close. I literally go by this bike shop every day after school, and I'm telling them I'm gonna work in this bike shop. And they're like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. And and, and uh, luckily in December or coming up to December, they give me a call and they're like, hey, are you serious about like wanting to come work here? And I'm like, yes. And uh, so it was coming up on Christmas, so they needed extra hands to, like, put all these bicycles together and stuff. And they're like, do you know how to build bicycles? And I'm like, sure, absolutely. What do they do? First thing they do, they put me on building a 10-speed. I never built a 10-speed in my life. And, you know, I'd work on BMX bikes, but I'm like, I'll figure it out. So I start working in there, yada, yada, yada. Next thing you know, they're like, hey, you know, we need to order some parts. Will you call these guys to order parts? I get into racing. There's a, a, a racetrack in Birmingham there. Uh, it was called Cascade Plunge. It's closed now. But uh, I start racing, and I, and I go into the track, and these kids, they needed tubes, they needed tires. You know, they break things, and, you know, they spend all this money to enter the race, and you get three races. And if they break in the first or second race, you know, they can't finish their day. They lose their money. You know, they kind of lost out on their money. And I'm, like, telling the shop owners, I'm like, hey, man, you guys need to come out to the shop, out to the track, bring some tubes, bring some chains, you know, bring spare parts that these kids need. And they're like – Oh, uh, you, they, they can just come on Monday. I'm like, but they need it right then, right there. And it's like, oh, well, they should have, they should have bought it in advance, you know, and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, 
Nah, get that, man. I'm and like, plus, kids? You expect they, kids to think that far ahead? Yeah. Like, children, teenagers are not thinking yeah. that far ahead. I might need a chain. I might need a tube. Let me grab a couple. Like, no, man. They need you. I, yeah. You were right. You were you were visionary. Yeah, you're you're doing barely good just to be there and have your bike there. And so, so they they just kind of like like ah, oh, you can do it. So. And then they also let I'm me. Like, I quit. Order. Yeah, I would have started my own business. I quit my business. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> so they, they they said I could order parts to the distributor, and you know back then like there was it was no wireless. It was like a phone cord. It was like from the front of the shop, and I'm like all the way back in the, in the shop, like working on the bikes, and they're like, hey, yeah, uh, we need to order this, this, and this, and I'm like, hey, uh, if 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 I can, can I place another order? But I'll pay you over here you send these parts over here yeah. you know would you guys do that for me and they're like yeah and i'm like okay so i go to the track and you know i'm like hitting dudes up and they're asking hey can you get this can you get that i'm like i'll get you anything you want you give me 50 down i'll see you next week at the track so i started slinging everything hell yeah and i'm living with my uncle but i'm having him send all the stuff to my mom's house you know, my dad's a truck driver. He's gone like two weeks at a time. And I, you know, every once in a while I'll be on the, I, I go home about every two weeks. Uh, and then one day my mom's like, hey, uh, next weekend your dad's going to be home. You need to be here the same weekend he's here. And uh, she's like, we got to sit down and have a discussion. And so I go there and they sit me down and they're like, these UPS guys is showing up. Your room is like stacked to the roof in boxes. What's going on? Are you in the drugs? Are you selling drugs? Are you buying drugs? Are you selling drugs? <laughs> What's in all these boxes? And I'm like, what? Like, no, I'm selling part. They're like, do, do you know how much money you're making? I'm like, yeah, I got my notepad right here. And then, like, I'm from the South. This was a crazy thing. They're like, do you know you're making more money than your dad? And I'm like, oh shit, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm like, you ain't supposed to earn more money than your dad, yeah. you know? Like, I, I, it wasn't even in my thoughts. I'm just like stacking it up and just trying to make this thing happen. And my dad was like, can you do this? And I'm like, I'm doing it. Yeah, like, isn't that legal? Yeah, I'm it's doing, called Amazon. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. I'm doing it. And uh, he's like, well, if you had your own shop, could you do it? And I'm like. Yeah, like, like, yeah, I'm like, it's, yeah, like, this shop right here that I'm working at, like, not doing it, like, that's why I'm doing this, so he's like, all right, well, I'm gonna go to the bank and muster up some money, five grand, he says, you pick the location, and I'll work there, I'll quit my job, and run the shop during the day, after school, you come by the shop, Hell and on the yeah. weekends. Hey, we got a caller. Like, that's got like, a caller. that kind of mentality, that see a lick and take it down. You know what I mean? Like, that's, you saw, you you saw money being left on the table, and fucking went and got that fucking it, it, money. It, it, for me, back then, it wasn't even about the money. I just saw that, like... There was a need. Yeah, they weren't helping the kids. They weren't there for... Sure, what they were supposed to be doing. 
Yeah, well, I mean, but they were doing what they were supposed to be doing, but I was into this racing thing. And they weren't going and, above. They weren't trying to help you out even more. They weren't trying to go out and reach out to where they needed to be. Yeah. There was yeah. a need There was a need that they weren't willing to fill. Sure. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're, we're fine. Yeah, we're good. We're going to do that shit. Yeah, I mean, they were just like, oh, they'll be in on Monday. And I'm like, man, but they like they need it right then, right then, you know, and right you can now. make more money. Yeah. Sure. You can charge more for bringing it. I was bugging them for like weeks, like, hey man, you need to hook me and my brother up with like, you know, with, like a, with a racing kit, you know, so we can represent you guys at the track. Man, it took forever. Like literally, I got that kit from them. It was two weeks later when I told them, I'm like, I'm opening my own bike shop. <laughs> How like, did they take I, that? I, I I felt bad, but I'm like, man, I, I I told you guys about this like months ago man you have to feel bad you took that business where their business could have been they could you know what i mean like that that could have you were trying to open your own business yeah like you were trying you you tried to tell them yeah yeah i I would have been happy had they came out and supported me and or officially told me like okay yeah you can do this and and cut me in for the efforts that i was doing you know like that I just, I just, I saw the need and I just kind of like went for it. But then as I'm talking to these kids, they're like, well, hey, can you get this too and get that? And I'm like, sure. Absolutely. Uh, And it was rad because I had kids like passing up three of their bike shops in the city just to come to our shop because we, we just kind of focused hardcore on that scene. Yeah. That whole scene, you know? You're like so. that guy in jail that can get anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, can I can I get some you know some hot Cheetos up in here? Yeah, I got yeah, you, bro. Of course, man. I got you. So yeah, so I had this BMX thing on one side, and I had this you know hip hop thing on the other that I was like discovering. Like it was at that, at that time, it was music. The breaking thing was just like a fun thing, and the and the art. Literally, I had to wait two years to really link the art together and me being an artist that was kind of like the, the the big weight because i didn't know there was just no way to find out like even my guys that were into the music and all this like this whole concept of graffiti was just not a thing linked to hip-hop Sure. Like it, well, cause you're just, there. You're there in the beginning. You're there in the infancy where you're seeing this thing be created. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. It was literally like I think I started Atlanta like eighty three, eighty four, or something like that. So yeah, it was just it was just coming out. So fast forward, jump. Like I get to, you know, I originally wanted to go to California because, you know, I'm like looking at these BMX magazines and I'm like standing, standing in my cornfield. Like Chuck was there. I took Chuck to my original house, showed him at at, at that time. It was either a cornfield one year or a cotton field the next year. And and there was a photo. You probably seen it, Super Steve, a Chuck standing in the cotton field across from my house, like in the middle, middle of Alabama with my eight foot skate ramp built in the woods over there. We 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 uh no so here's a funny side note you guys will crack up on this my parent like we my so after my bike shop my parents started this whole airborne express thing so we had all these extra vans that weren't graphic up yet they were just plain silver vans no windows they go on vacation and uh the elections were up, and back then when they did elections, they put election signs, four by eight sheets of plywood, all up and down the highway. 
And uh, I'm not I'm not politically prejudiced. We went and we took every one of those election signs, which is four by eight sheets of plywood pre-painted with all these custom face graphics. And we made a eight foot skate pipe, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a full pipe in the in the backyard America. Like literally in the woods behind my house. Hey man, woods hard to come by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really easy to come by when you got a big van and a and a and a highway just yeah. littered with like election signs. Yeah, you see my that parents you came home it. and they came out in the woods and saw all these faces. They knew exactly what had happened, but yeah. And hey, they're probably uh, thanking you because half those things never come down. Right, he's gonna drive you know, by probably, ten oh, years later. Yeah. yeah, everyone's taking credit. I took him down. Yeah, don't you worry about it. So, Steve, this and, and kind of going back to the how how did we learn about this stuff? So, I'm looking at these skateboard magazines, and literally, there's no videos. There's just photos. Right. They're sh- they're showing you skating in pools, and you see these guys, you know, going out of the pool, and you're you're like. I, I like how are they doing <laughs> how how are they doing this whole yeah. thing yeah. so when we built this eight foot half pipe because back then they would they would give you plans in the magazine little cartoon drawings of like how to build a half pipe how to build a quarter pipe and uh so we built this half pipe and and i'd never skated a half pipe so i'm like we had knee pads and then it's like, okay, well, we got to learn how to drop in on an eight-foot half pipe. And so literally, Good I'm luck. like, okay, well, these guys are falling. So I'm just going to learn how to to drop in on my knees without the skateboard. And like, okay, well, that's, that's how you're going to fall and slide on your knees. And all of this is learned by just looking at thousands of pages of skateboard magazines from – like literally, I got my first skateboard magazine in Alabama in 1977. I was the first kid to wear Vans tennis shoes to my school, and I got laughed out. But I, I, what was everyone yeah. else wearing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flyers, <laughs> pro, pro kids, and Converse, and you know whatever. And I really didn't care about fashion until I got my skateboard magazine and it's like oh these kids in california are wearing these kind of shorts like oh they're wearing these kind of shoes but they were it was kind of like specific like this is what you wore when you did the sports like you play basketball you wear basketball shoes. right you, wear, you, yeah. know, you baseball you wear cleats so to me looking at the magazines and you saw them skating it's like okay well you wore vans because that's what they were doing um so anyhow, yeah, I got laughed at. and But I, I, I'm i like, I'm looking at where I live. I'm looking at this magazine. They're laughing at me, and I was like, I do not care because I belong to this thing that's much bigger than you guys don't even have a clue of what it even is. You guys don't know shit and about I, skating, man. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was literally like 77, 78. And like, I'm not even in the city. I'm like, I'm out in the country, rocking pants uh, with with fucking board shorts, with some ops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's crazy. So I couldn't afford the op shorts in the magazines back then. So my mom, my mom, worked, my dad was a truck driver. My mom worked in a sewing factory. So I had my shorts, and they were like corduroy. Actually, they were, they corduroy. were op corduroy shorts. But the skaters started rocking these like longer shorts. So I just had my mom like take these different materials and I'd have like 
an extension of Paisley on my left, and I'd put an extension of stripes on the other one. So I just had her make my OP shorts like longer, but with mixed fabrics. Like they did not match. But that was what was cool. Yeah, didn't match. Fuck yeah, it was. See, that's the crazy part, man. We always talk about it on on the podcast, like shooting your shot, going for it, doing your thing, man. Like this part of it, bro. He, he wanted to be in it. He wanted to have that California feel, that California vibe. He just brought it to himself. He brought it, he brought it home. Do it, you know, He's like, hey, <laughs> you guys don't even get it. You guys don't understand what's going it's on. It's like, I don't even understand it completely, yeah. but I know that this is cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I belong there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, I, I, you guys are lucky that I'm bringing this to you. It's so crazy. My, our, my friend Danica, who we had in on the show, she's also from Alabama, and she moved out here to do – and she, she felt the exact same way about California. She was like, I belong – there like i don't know how i wound up being born here but i belong there and she came yeah you know? I, yeah i knew i knew that there is where i needed to be so that was the whole thing i either you know i wanted to go to school in california my parents were like man that is just way too far to let you go right out of the gate and so me and my my uh you know classmates you know we we kind of like went to atlanta so here's a crazy like all right so here's the wild part obviously i'm white Okay, I'm white. What? So, oh man, yeah. I didn't want to bring so, it up. <laughs> my, my my classmates were were black guys, and so you know, my dad, like, born and raised right there in Alabama. I'm hanging out with all these black guys. You know, my parents they knew it. When it got time for me to go to college, me and David Manuel, who's like blood brothers forever, like he's still in Atlanta. But anyhow. David became my roommate, and my parents were like, my dad especially was very, he was questioning me, and I'm like, dad, it's like, either I'm going to hang out with these druggy kids or whatever that I don't know, but I trust this dude right here, and I'm like, you going to have to trust this dude right here, because this is the guy I trust, like, you trust me? Yeah. Okay, then you got to trust him, because this, this is going to be my roommate going to the school in Atlanta. Like me and him, we done spent four years together. We're going to this city that we don't know anybody or anything. So this is my brother. This is who's going to be my roommate. But it was, it was crazy. It was rad. So that's what happened. I couldn't go to California. So we got, we all went to Atlanta. It was me, my man, David and Tyrone, the three of us, we were all classmates together. <laughs> you know, we go to Atlanta college of arts together. Uh, Land right there in Midtown. Uh, so, true fact, uh, RuPaul was uh, a classmate at the Atlanta College of Arts and Crafts. When I first saw him, I didn't know who he was. When I first saw him in the hallway of our school, he was like this, like RuPaul is tall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was bald-headed, light-skinned, freckles. Wearing a, a white T-shirt that looked like it got drugged down Peachtree Street. Had on military pants tucked into combat boots. And I'm like, this guy is punk rock as F. I am not messing with that dude right there. <laughs> and so the older classmates are like, yo, that's, that's, that's this guy RuPaul. And I'm like, RuPaul? Like, so right down the street from our college in Midtown, is this, it was a club called Weekends. And it was a gay club, but it was also our college club. But they would play all kinds of music. It wasn't gay every night. Well, whatever. It, it, it is what it is. 
But RuPaul would be there on Wednesday nights, and you would see him in drag, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. But I give that dude such mad props because, like, here I am. I'm young. I don't even think I was old enough to get into the club yet, but I'm already running the streets. And and I seen that dude in his combat uniform. Like, some guys were trying to mess with him on his way. It was either before or after the club. And they trying to mess with him on the street. And I literally see him go toe-to-toe with these two dudes and walk away. And walk away. Like, he walking away and be like, y'all on the ground, fool. Yeah, that's what my brother loves saying about, like, dudes like that. It's like, you think that guy hasn't had to fight? Oh. You want to fu- fuck with that guy? You think he hasn't yeah. had... To like beat fools asses, like you know, don't yeah. don't get it twisted, man. That dude had to fight. You, yeah. think, you think the first time he showed up, it was a a giant tall ass black guy in drag that people were like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and Ella, and, 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 and Ella, you know what you I know? mean? They were not, they were not pumped for him at all. No, <laughs> they were like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So I, I give I give RuPaul mad props. Uh, yeah, I, I give him mad props because, you know, he just told me, like, yeah, you can be whatever you want to be, and, and as long as you back up, you know, who you, know, who you are. And him specifically. Look, there yeah, was no drag queens on fucking television. No. Do you know what I mean? And a, there, or like a competition to like this was, dr- was like not nah, and drug it and drug it was like no 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 we're doing this like came yeah. with the song first the supermodel and fuck it was like we're doing this whether you like it or not like yeah. we're out and fucking good for him hey, uh, in a so, space created a space for himself there was no space to step into to be like oh he's the drag queen on TV but I think that's mm-hmm. that's the time when spaces were being created. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. Hip hop, skating. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's the crazy part that the kids now, and I hate to say some stuff like this, like kids, but the younger <laughs> generations now that, you know, they don't realize, like, we've been through this. We were there when it was being created. Sure. And kids were getting picked on, and kids were getting, you know, just because they wanted to skate, or they wanted to grow their hair long, or they yeah. wanted to listen to hip hop, and you know what I'm saying? And, and so they paved the way. Guys like Rad One paved the way. I mean, like, Nina right here, DCV crew, a good homie of mine. Those guys, I remember those guys doing graffiti in school. And they would do like stuff and like, oh, can you do my name? And okay, I can do your name. Oh, look at you! Like, you, yeah. you, you do my book, I'll do yours. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or, or just people hitting them up, like, hey, can you get? Can you throw like, you know, I, I like this chick. Can you do a name oh, for me? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get her name done up with a little like graffiti heart and shit. Like, and and, and you seen it evolve and become what it is, you know. And then now they're doing like beyond the streets. Now there's guys are selling like that is. Crazy let me just. Shit. That is a very underrated gift to get for not just that not for a chick for if you're like whoever you're into like getting them art especially art commissioned art made for them that is a move that fucking is uh, that isn't used as much as it should be it's crazy man I just got a gift for I, I bought a house and as a housewarming gift my friend gave me a velvet sleeve stack hell yeah Portrait of a sleeve stack. Oh, yeah. Sleeve stack. Yeah, the, a portrait of a sleeve stack. And if you guys know, right. if you don't look it up, but I was like, because I had mentioned there's one at Alex's bar in Long Beach. Yeah. And people always try, I mean, I don't know if they really try to steal, but they always talk about stealing the velvets there. 
and I had mentioned it, and she remembered, and she didn't say nothing. That's a great housewarming dude, gift. and it just showed up, and I was like, "Holy sh- shit, bro! This is fucking rad." That is a spectacular. It was badass. So I just got to find out where to put it. You know, what I mean, it has to have like that spot. Sure, but, a spot. But art is amazing, man. I I like to collect art from a lot of my friends that do it. Uh, even people that I see on Instagram, I buy the art and I put it up. I I enjoy art, man, because it's. I've always wanted to be an artist and see these people. And it, for me, the art that I enjoy the most is the kind that where they start nowhere. You know what sure. I'm saying? Not like copying someone's shit, but like when you can just add a thin air, just like, oh, I'm going to do this character. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? From the depths. Yeah. Super so, so, so you, when did you start writing Rad? And how did you get your name or where did you get it from? Like, you know, so uh, in the in the hallway while you know while RuPaul was going around the corner the other way <laughs> in the photo department, this this other dude, um, his name was uh, Chris, aka Julio, and and so Ladonna, who like now I'm classmates again with her or you know schoolmates with her because she's in the upper, she's getting ready to graduate, but she's like pointing him out, she's like, yeah, that's the dude right there. Uh, go over and talk to him. I go over and I hit him up, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I understand you're in the graffiti, whatever." He's like, "Yeah, no, nah, I don't know what you're talking about." I'm Hell like, "Come yeah. on, man, that's the right like, answer, though." Yeah, that's the yeah. right answer. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the right fucking answer. Yeah, and so he's like, he's like, and I'm I keep grilling, grilling, grilling him, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." He's like, well, "What do you even write?" And I'm like, "What do you mean? What do you write? What, what, what do you mean write? What? What are you talking about?" He's like. What's your tag? Like, what do you write? I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I don't know about this, but you got to tell me about this. Like, what? Oh, that's tell so me what I got to <laughs> And he's like, have you done anything on the wall? Like, what do you write? And I'm like, oh, he's like, you got to have a name. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I go back to my, you know, dorm and I'm like, who am I? Like, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. Damn, that's a that's deep shit, right? Sure, I'm like, what's my who name gonna be? I? Who am I? What's my name yeah, gonna I'm be? I'm Rodney, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> who else am I supposed to be? I'm just me. Like, so I'm sitting here looking at my magazines, and then I get to the back. You know, BMX Plus. They had the Radical Rick cartoons in the back, and I'm like, oh, snaps! Like a cartoon. Like that's a, a make believe. You know, it's kind of like a superhero. And I'm like, well, I'm not really into those kind of comics, but I, you know, the the concept of being this other person, well, I want to be this crazy, you know, BMX radical Rick dude. But I'm like, I'm no Rick, so it's like radicals way freaking long. So I'm like, rad, like three letters. It's short for radical, and and I'm like, and I'm no Rick, so I'm not writing Rick, so I'm gonna write rad. And so the guy's like, you got to do something on the wall. And I'm like, okay, so I buy a can of fluorescent orange, a can of fluorescent green, and I bought a can of black. And literally, uh, the, the, the Atlanta College of Arts is at the High Museum of Art, and it was right when the Peachtree subway station, which – stopped it's the art center station technically and it literally was the stop at our college so from my dorm 
a hundred yards, I could be on the train system. But just down the block, there was an on-ramp that they were just getting ready to open to get on the I-85 freeway that runs through Atlanta. And I'm like, oh, okay, like here's a secluded place. I had all this barrier stuff up. They're getting ready to open it up. I heard it on news like, oh, they're opening the Art Center Linux, you know, on-ramp to the I-85 freeway, you know, on Monday, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, dang, I got to get down there. So I did... For my first piece, which I don't even have a photo of, it was two palm trees because I was in the airbrushing and stuff back then. Two palm trees and rad. And your mind wasn't Cali. Yeah. Your mind wasn't Cali. That's why you hit the palm trees. That's right. That's right. So I get Chris the next day. I'm like, all right, dude, get get in my my car. He's like, what do you mean get in your car? He's like, I'm going to go show you what I did on the wall. He's like, you didn't do it around the corner? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you told me to do this. I went and did it. I'm trying to show you, and, and now you're giving me grief about that. So I get him in my car. I roll down to the on-ramp, and I and I just pull up right next to it, and I'm like, there. And he's like, holy crap, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. you did all this? I'm like, oh, my God, did I do it wrong? Like, is it too big? Like, what's wrong? Like, <laughs> tell me what's wrong. Like, what did I do wrong? I did exactly what you told me to do, and now you're like, and he's like, no, dude. He's like, I did not expect you to go off like this. Like, I thought you was just going to do, like, a little tag on the wall and be like, that's it. And I'm like, oh, well, what's that? Like, what do you mean a little? He's like, a tag. Like, you get up. Like, I'm like, you got to tell me what all this stuff's about. I'm like, I don't know what any of these words mean. I've been there. So, originally, he... Well, he's from Brazil, but he went to school in New York, and I guess this little graffiti thing kind of got him in some heat. So he came down to Atlanta to get away from the heat, and here I am. Right into the kitchen. Right, and that's why this fool's like, I don't do graffiti. I don't know who you are, what you're talking about. So this fool's thinking people from New York. My father, you know, like looking for him down, like not nah, that bad. And, and not only that, but Rap doesn't even start off with like a like a little piece, like a little name. No, he yeah, went and like did a piece. Yeah, he didn't know. Well, he's looking for information. He didn't know. He went and did like you know graffiti. He didn't just tag. <laughs> he went and did the whole. He like graduated and then like skip steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like fuck, here it is, and that's why you. That's you what know, you do, right? That's what you do. Murals. Yeah. So he started showing me like, oh, okay, cool, like. You know, you did this. It's a mini piece. Like, here's a throw up. Here's a piece. And he's doing all this. So I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, the whole idea is to kind of get your name up around the city so people know who you are. And I'm like, okay, I kind, you know, I I kind, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. So you know, I'm art school, so I got like markers galore, and I got a skateboard and Peachtree Street, which is the main street through Atlanta. I'm like. I'm going to own this street. Like, it was my nightly thing to, like... Destruction. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just... I I would go all the way to downtown, all the way up to Buckhead. Like, Tree Street was mine. And just nightly roll, either on the skateboard. I started out on the skateboard a lot, just all around my school there. When I started tiptoeing downtown, now you got to remember... The Atlanta child murders were just coming off the heat of like 81 and I'm there like 83 84 so nighttime downtown that place was desolate I mean you'd see bums or hoodlums 
and and and, I, and me. <laughs> <laughs> and a white kid on a skateboard. Tag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you if you, you you might see some like punk rockers or something, but even then, I'm like I'm on the other side. Like I, I'm avoiding anything that's coming at me or near me. I'm just automatically going to the shadows. I'm going away. I'm you know I'm just like I I ain't even trying to be within reach even with a 50 yard stick sure because <laughs> I, I you know i know i'm out of my element i know i'm out of place i know you know i know i'm on the outside of it all but i'm trying to do this thing and and so i'm just trying to avoid any and all conflict because that's just going to get in the way of hey i got to go to school tomorrow and B, I got to get up tonight. <laughs> um, so that's how that's how it all started. <clears throat> so let's get to the to the United Kings part because this for me is like one of the most craziest stories. Me and <clears throat> and Julio, which he changed his name to Pest when he because he was like always into changing his names, and I'm like, man, I'm just rad and I'm writing rad, and that's all. I can't I can't come up with another name. I did come up with one other name, but that was like 20 years later, but. Anyhow, so me and him, we're painting, and, and basically Atlanta, if you look at the freeways, it's north and south and east and west uh, from downtown. And we're, I'm, I'm like, basically, we're running the north side. Oh, so from the Art Center station, when it leaves out of the Art Center station, this is the BART, this is the public transit, which it had just opened like it was running downtown and all this, but it hadn't gone out this far yet, which we're in Midtown. So it hadn't even it hadn't even encompassed all of Atlanta yet. So I, I heard that the art center station was going to be opening at a certain time or whatever. And when the when the subway came out from the art center station, it went out into the open over the freeway and then over the other port like there's the free there's like all these freeways in atlanta and it came out over this freeway and there's another freeway and and the subway came out and over those freeways and then it went along this big massive wall on its way up to buckhead <clears throat> and i'm i'm looking at that wall and i'm like that is a massive big wall and so for my first big piece i think i literally spent three nights going back to back to get this piece up on this wall because I knew that that's way like they're, they're going to have to let it go. They're not going to stop the subway just because of this piece of art on the wall. And so I timed it just right to when the first subway passengers that came out of that tunnel for the very first time, they got to see this piece. So it's kind of like, Holy crap. Like, everything that you want from a public transit and then all the stuff that you don't want. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like making sure that the timing is just right to like, you know, get, get that thing out there. So anyhow, we paint that. And then through, I, I think like Dr. Dax, he, he knows about this stuff happening and we'll talk about Dr. Dax in a minute. But anyhow, there's this mattress factory in downtown Atlanta and they started doing these art shows in the mattress factory. This crazy performing art stuff back in the day. And um, anyhow, they asked us if we would paint on the outside of the factory 
uh, to let people know that this art show is kind of coming and just kind of, you know, do whatever you guys want to do. And this mattress factory, it's like a four or five story building. And on the outside, they had this chute that goes down and it was like a three story chute. And apparently they were sliding the mattresses from one floor down to the other floor. So my man, Pest, you know, he's got like rope, you know, repelling ropes and we're going to like paint this. I'm not technically painting because now I'm kind of like his new young apprentice kind of thing. I'm like technically looking out for him because we're literally painting in downtown Atlanta on the east side of the where the subway goes out from and starts to go out to you know Eastwick, the east side of Atlanta. So I'm standing down there looking the subway. You can literally see from the top of this building. And I just remember like looking at this train coming by and I just see these like guys in the window and they're just like up to the window like this. And I'm like, I'm like looking at them and they're looking at us and I'm going, Holy crap. Those dudes are looking at us and they're like paying way more attention to us than I was comfortable. With. <laughs> so Martin Luther King station is, is like with earshot and eye shot of the mattress factory. And I just remember seeing those guys get off the train. Now they're going down the stairs. Now they're coming down the train and belong the mattress factory. And I'm like, Hey Chris, these guys are coming down the tracks. Like, Hey Chris, these guys are running down the tracks. Hey Chris, <laughs> these guys are getting closer. And we're up on like a second or third story building and these guys are down the bottom, like, ah, 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 ah. and I couldn't, like, I couldn't really tell, like, they weren't mad at us, and that was my biggest fear, is like, these guys are going to kick our butts, like, I, I, I was just like, we're not supposed to be doing this, I mean, we had permission, but in the mind of it all, you're not supposed to be doing this, sure, especially yeah. in broad daylight, this is the first time I'm painting in broad daylight, I'm like, this is crazy, like, this is sketchier than anything I've ever done. So you he brought you were uh, the original graffiti artist of Atlanta. Well, technically, Pest was. Um, yeah, I give him mad credit. He was. Well, yeah, the I mean, he's the one that he's the one that brought it there. But you're like, you know what I'm saying? Like <clears throat> you and him, because you're the one out there, you know, owning the streets. You're, the, you know, you're doing the your first piece is a huge, you know, mural. Like so, I, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and. And but these guys, you know, through the conversation, I'm like, all right, cool. These guys, they're like, hey, you guys are spray painting. Like we spray paint, too. And I'm <laughs> like, whoa, like what? Like, oh, my God, like this is crazy. Like, hey, pest, like these guys are, are, are painting, too. So next thing you know, we're like, all right, hey, you guys come around here. Come up, up you know, come up like we get them up there with us. <clears throat> and it's like. And I think there was it was three or four of them. I can't remember. That's what was crazy too. Like you know, it was like three or four of them. And I'm like, all right, I, I'm not, I'm not, re- you know, I'm not. I, I don't know how this is supposed to go. Chris hasn't given me the complete rule book of how to engage <laughs> yeah. with these other with with strangers. Other yeah. yeah, yeah. Stranger, he wouldn't, he wouldn't danger. engage with you. Remember that he was not engaging with you. Right, exactly, right. exactly. So I'm like. Wait, but I'm like, hey, dude, these are guys that are spray paint. Like, hey, like Chris ain't the only one. There's more to be learned here. Yeah. And and I and and see Chris. Okay, so Chris, he wasn't like a hip hop dude. 
I mean, he was wearing Pumas. He was wearing denim jeans. He had an army bomber jacket. But he was listening to, like, Husker Du and, <laughs> and like, other, like, really eclectic. And, Brazil. like, I still have my uh, Brazilian uh, samba whistle. Like, that's the dopest whistle for any party. Oh, yeah. Like, he gave that to me. But he wasn't, like, well, and what's crazy is, like, here I'm listening to all this hip-hop, and here's Chris turning me on to Liquid Liquid. Like, the whole, like, I'm like, wait a second. They, like, that, that song's already out. He's like, no, 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 no. They played this record and rapped over it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, so, so he was turning me on to this very New York educated <clears throat> music that what was the foundational tools for hip hop, you know, because hip hop wasn't really hip hop yet. They were just taking these beats sure. and pieces and, and putting their structure over the top of it. So, Mario, you're going to have to, like, go on YouTube and look up Liquid Liquid. Yeah. Like, like when you play the liquid liquid and you hear what I'm talking about, you're like, holy crap. Like, per, you know, verbatim, beat for beat. Yeah. Anyhow, so so I meet these guys and I immediately see that they are hip hop. Like, fucking all like green Lee Twill jeans with green Pumas, Hell green yeah. Latigra shirt with a green Kango. The other one's rocking baby blue. The other one's rocking burgundy. And I'm like, <laughs> these guys are hip hop. This, this, this is who I need to be hanging out with. But I'm like, I don't know these guys, but I know I need to hang out with them. Yeah. It wasn't five minutes. I mean, it felt like five minutes, but it felt like an eternity. But like, it wasn't, I, it had to have been like maybe the next night, the next weekend. I don't know. But all I remember is going to there house oh yeah there you go yeah foundation that's like white lines right white lines right and all it is is the liquid liquid record liquid liquid thank you for turning us on to that like for me you know i'm gonna listen to that cavern 1982 i like yeah so anyhow i'm in um I want to say Eastwick. I forget the name of the. Okay, I hate to say the word projects, but it was apartments. But it was on the east Go- side. Government of apart- government apartments. Yeah, yeah. But anyhow, <laughs> I'm I'm like hanging like I'm in these dudes' house. They put me. This is when like TVs were had like four feet and was the size of a bed, and like I'm in their house. <laughs> Their mom's in there, their sisters, and they just take me and they, like, put me down in front of the TV. And they're like, you need to see this. And they hit play. And what's crazy is when they hit play on the VHS cassette, the words that were coming out of the TV, all the guys around me were singing and saying the same thing. It was Star Wars. Hell was yeah. My, nice. This was the first time I got to see Star Wars and to see their energy while we're watching this. Oh, sorry, we're, we, we've been having issues with the phones and finally getting them on. Caller, you're on the West uh, Coast, Pop Lock. Hot, hanging out with go. Rad One. Yeah, this is Cram from TUK, uh, crew member uh, from Night Kings. Rad is a crew crew member. I'm checking out the 
uh, podcast right now and oh, tell yeah. the story how he met us at the mattress factory, how we brought him to Eastwick and, and showed him the ropes down there, how we get down to Atlanta. The and actually, and we started writing in Atlanta in 1981. That's when, that's when we started writing. So did you have the baby blue or the green? What outfit were you rocking? <laughs> I was rocking the green. The green, all greened up, all yeah. top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, that, that thing, he, it was at he had the big two, bomber. It was, he it was used to love the big one, fur, the big uh, fur hoodies, that, man. What's that? He used, to, rock you used to love the big fur hoodie. Like I remember, yeah. I remember you rocking that big bomber. Yeah. yeah. So what? When you saw him on the side of that building, the mattress. What did you guys think automatically? I, I'll be honest with you. We were like, "What the fuck, we were white dude?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the mattress factory is in Cabbage Town. It, it, it's like a cemetery over there. It's like a little industrial area. And we saw these two white guys paint. We were like, what the hell? You know, not saying a white <laughs> they, guy can't paint. It's just in broad daylight. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and, That's some bold ass white boys. The ghost done yeah. came out of the graveyard. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we, we, we hooked up. We brought him back to uh, East Atlanta. Over there in Decatur, and we just vibe from that day, vibe, vibe, you know, and just kept writing, kept writing, and we never sat down and said, "Let's vote on vote rad into TUK." It just happened, you know. It was just, it was just like he belonged, and we just rolled with it, and we, we were just bombing, bombing every weekend, bombing, going out, bombing, hanging at his dorm room. He, he's hanging at. And Eastwick, and, and I mean, we, we break dancing. I mean, we was all into it. I mean, we was, it was all about culture, 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 and, and that's the thing about hip hop. Culture, it doesn't matter you white, black, Japanese, Puerto Rican. If you got talent and you want to get down, let's do it. And and and, and that's that's how we rock with Rad, and we still rocking with them to this day. You guys were building. You guys were building the culture in those days. You know, yeah, like it didn't. Exactly. Like hip hop, it didn't. Ex- you guys are the foundation, the building blocks of all that shit. And right, right. right. And, 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 I appreciate and it. Deal. And here's the deal. Back then, graffiti in Atlanta was taboo. You didn't go tell people, "Hey, I'm a graffiti artist." Sure. Uh, and 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 I did that that masterpiece on the Lenny Square Wall, or I did this piece over here, or I did this. You a secret squirrel about it, you know what I mean? So I mean, you didn't tell your your friends. So just out of curiosity, what was your first thoughts when Rad was hunting you down and kept like harassing? Oh, no, this, no this, that's this not. Is, this is not. This oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. No, this is, uh, come on, Mario. Okay. Sorry. No, he was, remember, he's the one that came that out came with the That came off the train and came and tracked him down. Oh, okay, okay. They're yeah. the ones that, yeah, that we saw tracked him. him down. Yeah. yeah. Like, who the heck is this guy? Got it. This fool's yeah. getting up in yeah. our town. Because yeah. at the time, we thought, well, well we, like I said, we started in 81. We were the owner writer at that time. And then at the, at, when Rad came to town, we didn't know Rad was in town. And, and it, and we, we, we uh, like I said, we saw Rad and, and this other guy painting, I think it was Piss, saw him painting. And we had been painting at that time for, writing and painting for, what, two, three years? And we hadn't come in contact with anybody doing it. Holy you know? shit. Yeah. 
You saw, you know, saw, a, saw a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. can't look at it. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, we gravitated to him because at the time, like I said, we, we thought we were the only one doing it, which we were in the beginning. Then Grant comes along, and, and you just gravitate to someone that's into something that you're into. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you can build on it and grow and, and, and make something out of it. And once again, I'll tell you this. It was it was mainly about the culture. It wasn't about we are trying to we were trying to be well known. Of course, we were trying to be all city. We want to paint everywhere, uh, all over the, all over the city. But we wasn't raising our hand, jumping up in the air and saying that's us. Sure. That's us. You know, I mean, you'd be on a train, you see people looking at your work, and and and, and you yeah. you're, you're tightly lipped about it. And you just smile, and your heart is smiling, your soul is smiling. Even when hey, someone hey, looks hey, at it and hey, says, "That's vandalism," you still uh, feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Cram, how many days did we like ride the train? And when we go by the pieces, and people are saying stuff, we're all just sitting there, like we're all giddy and everything, but we ain't saying nothing. Like we're riding the train. And all these people are on the train, and they're like, "Oh, that's vandalism! Oh, that's cool!" You know, yeah. like you're we're just sitting there and like listening uh-huh. to what everyone's saying. And we knew, like, a Ted Turner owned all the billboards in Atlanta at yeah, that right. time. Like, like they already had signs on the trains, like "vandalism is a crime," ten thousand mm-hmm. dollar rewards. So we we kind of sparked it up, like really. Well, our buddy exec. He's the one that really got the MARTA system on on the on the heat and fire. Uh, yeah. And so we saw these reward things going down. Like, yeah, we weren't saying nothing. We no. weren't saying nothing to nobody. Like, if mm. you didn't meet us and have this like mutual like, hey, we're into yeah. this some skin in the game. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we 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 weren't we weren't talking to you. Like, exactly. It was just we, it was too dangerous. We, yeah, we we were like ninjas. Straight, straight like ninjas, yeah. and, and I'm being serious, like ninjas. We travel at night. Uh, before we get to the wall, we got our game plan down, how it's going to go down. It, it, it was like like a assembly line type deal, you know. Everybody knew their role in this piece, what, what we're going to do. And we always went out to do something great. We never went out just throw something up it was sure. we're, we're going to do something great atlanta is going to be like damn when they see this tomorrow that's how we rock you know yeah we were as as a crew like that like when we painted mm-hmm. we painted united kings and yep. and our man Dwayne, he would throw the outline we would all mm-hmm. come in like we all had like okay you got this color this color this color. like everyone had mm-hmm. their color assignments and Dwayne mm-hmm. would be as fast as he was throwing the big giant huge outline we would just be coming in and filling it in because we knew we were on limited time like we had our escape plan like if anything happens you're going that way we're going this way this is how we're getting out of here this is how we're getting in here like it like we we spent hours planning and laying it out because we were so afraid of like what could happen sure you know exactly and you know know it rad uh I, I don't know this to be a fact, but this is just what I think. 
that Linux wall that we hit, that big United Kingdom speech we did, I would safely go out on a limb and, and say this, that piece was the largest piece that I know knew of at that time in America. That piece was long. I mean, I, I would guarantee you, you, you could probably put three 3,000 square foot homes side by side and that piece was at least 12, 12 foot tall, right? Yeah. Yeah, because Dwayne, we literally had a pallet that he was having to, these, the, the wall had these 20 foot sections. And, and Dwayne was, like, had to have a pallet to get the top portion of the outline on there. And then, obviously, over 120 feet long. Like, it was super long. Like, it was, but, you know, we, we all knew that in order for this thing to have impact because the train was on the other side of the freeway or above the freeway mm -hmm. or it came to the wall. But in order to have that big, like, New York impact like we saw in Star Wars, we're like, this this piece has to be a, a, as big as a train itself. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and that and that's where it's like, all right, like, we're, we just worked our butts off. And we literally... When we walked off that wall in the morning, I think the sun was like coming up. By the time we got up it, to Peachtree Street, yeah, the sun was coming up, and we're like, "All right, we got to change clothes. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to be out of here." Okay, um, so you but, guys are in Atlanta, and the city, as the the general population, is not ready for what you guys are laying on the out doing damage, putting up giant pieces, and just being vandals. You know, just doing the yeah. good, doing the good shit. How yeah. long? before the police department gets involved with you guys? How long before they're the, like looking for you guys? Well, there was this one particular night. We got a little brave. Our man, Doug DeLoach, uh, yeah. he wanted to do a, 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 a newspaper story about us, and he's totally like from the arts kind of perspective, so he's writing for this art newspaper. It literally took... Like, I, I didn't even talk to him right out of the gate. Like, that's a whole nother story in itself. Like, it took a while for him to get in touch with us and actually get us to talk to him. But anyhow, we scope out this spot downtown. Like, all right, we, we, did, we did that side of Atlanta, the upper side. So now we want to do something closer to downtown. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And I found this wall that was, like, right off the freeway. And, and and because the exit was so fast off the freeway, there's really it's really hard for someone to like slow down and get in because the way this exit came off, there's a parking lot right there, and I wanted that wall that was on the back of that parking lot. So to do this wall, it was going to be super sketchy, uh, and so we're all down there doing this piece, and uh, I just remember. Like, if anyone rolls up into the parking lot at 2 a.m., it ain't going to be good. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, all I remember was seeing this car come into the parking lot, and I see the headlights go across the wall as I'm painting. The headlights are going across, but then this additional light comes out, and it's just on me, and it's moving slow. And I'm like, oh. And I look over my shoulder and I see it's 5-0 in the flesh, and we just scatter. Like, Assholes and elbows. Yeah, it was just like, they can't chase 
All of anyone, us. Anyone, <laughs> yeah. All, yeah. And I literally, my escape plan was I was going to run down the on-ramp. I ran onto the freeway, ran down the freeway, or up the freeway. It was like right by Georgia Tech and Spelman from Morehouse. And uh, so... I get off on the next exit and now I'm between like in Atlanta, there's these like big streets or like one way streets and they're like mm-hmm. five lanes wide. And I think it was me and tap. We're, yeah. we're run. Like, so we get out, we're up on that street and we're just kind of like walking up the street. And then I hear Georgia tech police. I hear police coming from the other street over there. I hear cop cars like, Oh man, the, the, the word is out. We have been spotted, which is the first time mm-hmm. we've ever been spotted. Yep. And and 5-0 is unleashing everything. <laughs> like, you just hear all the sirens from everywhere. They've been, look, hey, hey, they been looking hey, for you guys. Like, you know I mean? They've been you looking Red, for you guys. Red, you remember that night, that same night, Fernando, with his team two, he jumped in a taxi. <laughs> he jumped in a taxi. We didn't know where he was. That's he funny. Jumped into a taxi. drive. What do you get in a taxi? Yeah. Drive. Yeah. Let's go. I've seen the movies. <laughs> drive. <laughs> I mean, hey, I can't. Uh, like, someone in our crew was smart enough to be like, "Hey, taxi, uh, yeah, right, get me out of here, far." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, all I know, that was the first night that I ever laid underneath a kudzu bush for an hour and a half, hour and forty-five minutes. Uh, just waiting for it to to come. Like so, literally, Tack and I, like it's a we're walking up a one way street because you know, like, hey, if if you're gonna be walking, you want to be walking against whatever traffic. So we we see the cops coming down the street. We're just walking. We're just like, all right, we're, we're good. Gotta play it cool. Like, gotta play it cool. What what's wrong with a white kid and a black kid walking down a major street? America. <laughs> so. So we're cruising down. We see the cops. We see them start to kind of slow down. We're like, oh, we're spotted. So Tack and I like book it, jump a wall, jump another wall, jump a parking lot, jump. Like we just start like just making our way back because my 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 dorm at Peachtree was kind of like the safe house. So we're just like we got to get there, but we got to like now start splitting the streets. So that means now we got to go through parking structures and homes and whatever and this was like it was miles <laughs> that was that was a long night just to get back to my place mm-hmm. although fernando was probably sitting in my apartment yeah, 45 yeah, minutes yeah, later, yeah, so I wonder, you know. wonder where you guys are once we got back to the dorm room i think we went to crystals and ordered like a hundred crystals and ate crystals and drank, drank beer for the rest of the night you remember no, I don't remember because me and Tack were out there for a long time. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I come back and the, and these like and granted, my roommate, you know, poor David, like he he he's hit to like my you know my craziness of what I've got going on. So like, yeah, they're they're all up in my room waiting on us to get back. But that was. I, I knew the police would eventually find you because when I was in junior high and we had our stupid little riding crew were trying to get up, we were like, get fame, get fame, get fame. And no one knew who we were except for the fucking police. They, yeah, they, they, knew, they, they knew. Like, mm-hmm. God damn. <laughs> we're trying, we're well, trying to get famous with you guys. 
Yeah, I mean, but you're, you 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 came up in like this is the first. No, that's what I meant. I knew that you guys were ahead of the game, but eventually they were going to be the yeah. first ones to start seeing these pieces and be like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" And yeah. I, I, we need to put a stop to this right now. Yeah. You know, I knew they yeah. were looking for you guys for sure. Well, I mean, they were waiting, yeah. you know, and then you get all the you know the police departments from around the area, so you know. It gets crazy the first time someone's like, we got him! Let's go! (laughs) But, but guys, you you know what's really, really crazy? What's really, really wild that really just freaks me out? During all that time, we was writing, we was having fun. It was all about the bombing, bombing. It wasn't about recognition or none of that. And here we are 30 years later, we find out this guy has been looking for us looking for us, trying to find out who is T.U.K. And literally we know this this young guy was following us the whole time, you know, taking photos of, of what we was doing and so on and so forth. And that guy's name is Dr. Dr. Dax. And I'm like, wow. And this, and this guy is hot in Atlanta right now when it comes to graffiti. There's always that one person that's there at the right time, whether with the camera or just sure. writing down everything that went down. And, and, and you see that in everything. There's like those famous photographers that saw the big bands that were down at the on Sunset or the guys that were taking the photos in the in the pools when all the Dogtown guys were doing it. Oh, and they weren't they're not even photographers. They're just yeah. dudes with the camera who later yeah. on became Came, photographers. Exactly. But right now they're just dudes with a camera. Fucking and, take and, and you always and everything always has that like documentary like person that just unknowing is that documentary. Is the historian. historian. Like, this is a this, you're a historian. And this is who you guys got and this is a, a book that's coming out, correct, Rad? Absolutely. There's going to be a book. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, the, the United Kings of Atlanta. So I'm, I'm working on it. We're going to be working on it. That's and, pretty uh, fucking cool. You know yeah, what I Dr. Mean? Dr. Like, Dr. Dax has been a, a, a high encouragement of like, he's like, I want to read this as a book. And I'm like, mm, okay, I guess I need to work on that. But, well, I mean, you you so, come from that background, right? I mean, you've done, you know, TMR. Yeah, you've done, yeah, yeah. you published. I mean, you've done a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be. It'll <laughs> like, be yeah, uh, no, everybody's like, "Fuck yeah, I have," so I have to do it. Like, you know, like, no, <laughs> and, and we need it, man. You know what I'm saying? These are the kind of things that that the next generation learns it's from. True. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's true. If you have knowledge, especially like, there's so many things that like I know I know about that you can't Google and find out about. If you don't know these stories, if you don't know these people. You're just not going to know, you know, because there isn't a book. There isn't all this. So to know that that your history is being documented, like it's a big deal, man. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big deal. Well, here, here's here's where this whole story is kind of crazy. So I, I did two years of college in Atlanta. And then I found a way through the college system to that I could actually go to the sister school in California paying the tuition of Atlanta so I'm like, hey, mom, uh, next semester, I'm going to go to California for a semester, you know. And, uh, yeah, no, that turned into the two final years. So, of course, okay, so here's here's my boys. You know, I'm like, I'm either going to go to New York or California, but I got to go to California because skateboard magazine, BMX magazines, and yada, yada, yada. So I, I, I got to go to California. And literally, this was a big discussion with the crew. They're like, but you love hip hop so much, like the West Coast. They got 
No, they got they they got corny music. Yeah. Like, look at the records in your record collection. Like that's not that's not like what like like uh, knights imperial knights of the turntable. Uh, <laughs> Mario, <laughs> YouTube. Uh, like they like Ice T hadn't even done. Sure. You know, six in the morning, police at my door. That gangster rap wasn't even there. Like it was like this more techie. Boogaloo, pop locking. Well, see now, pop. Hold on, I, I I know a little bit about my history here. There's the West Coast West Coast thing, but there was also this West Coast thing trying to be the New York thing, and there was like this kind of electro clash hip hop. Like if you go to the, the the Imperial Knights of the Turntable, which I have those records. If it was hip hop back then, I was, you know, I was collecting. I wanted to know, and what was coming out of California at that time, it it wasn't New York hip hop. Sure, uh, and and I don't hold that against them, but it just wasn't what we were trying to do, and that was a really big concern. But I was like, but I'm into all this other stuff. Like I have all the records. I'll go there and show them records. Sure. So I start school at the California College of Arts, College and Broadway, right there where Berkeley, Oakland, and Piedmont all meet at. There's a copy center on the corner of my school. I have this big portfolio, and it's got, like, graffiti all over it, and I'm getting some stuff copied off for my school. I go in there with my portfolio. A kid behind the counter, he's like, you write? And I'm like, yeah, but you he's like, what do you write? <laughs> so I'm I'm doing the pest to him, and and uh, but I'm asking, like, Hey, who's this chaos dude all over town here? And he's like, "Oh, I know him, but yeah, we don't, we don't, like, we don't talk to him." I'm like, "Well, I need, I need to go find this dude." And so he's like, "Well, we know where he lives." <clears throat> and so him and a couple of his buddies, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're in the writing and stuff," and and they're 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 not they're they're just getting into it. They're high school kids. I'm already, like I'm in my third year of college, and these are high school, but they know where this guy Chaos lives, and he's in Berkeley, and they literally drive me. I get in their car. They drive me to his house, and all I remember is as I'm getting my foot out the door, they start to drive off. They're like, "Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't mess with Django. Like, peace." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like. Just go down to the end, and his door will be on the right. <clears throat> don't mention so our names. Yeah, we don't, don't tell him. <laughs> so I go rolling up to dude's door, knocking on the door, like, hey, uh, chaos. And, and oh, door opens up. Dude sitting over here on the table. Dude sitting over here on the table. Dude sitting over here on the table. Another sitting over here. And here I am. Hey, guys. Uh, who's chaos up in here? Like, <laughs> I'm new in like, town. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just moved here from Atlanta. I'm a, I'm from Rat, you know. <laughs> and they're like, like, show, like, like, what, uh, what, like, is this FB? Is this a bust? Yeah, I, like, yeah. What, this, like, like, I can imagine, I can imagine, like, what was going through their heads. But I'm like, I'm so down for this. Like, I see this chaos dude everywhere. I need to, I need to know this guy. So. Lo and behold, Chaos is my man, Dingo, who's like my other brother for life now. And he's got this 
crew called the West Coast Untouchables. And basically, while all the cats down in L.A. were like, West Coast, you know, because there's the WC crew from from uh, L.A., we did a tour down there, <clears throat> and Django was like, hey, man, L.A. is not just the West Coast. Like, we have the Bay Area. We're West Coast, too. So Django's like, well, we're going to make crew West Coast Untouchables. <clears throat> Because it's like LA's down here and we're way up there, so we're kind of untouchable. Um, but I, I would say, at going to the Bay Area at that time, hip hop was like crazy strong in the Bay Area. Like it was like, what year is this? Eighty-five. Okay. You know? and, and that's because also the Bay Area is also sort of like New York where it's art and sure. And they're more open to just like, you know, just everything. Yeah, it was like, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know why I can't put my toes on it. But the cool thing is, is we I, I've I've seen too short selling cassettes out of his trunk. <clears throat> I was there I, like. You know, I was going to house parties with Django and the dudes from Digital Underground ain't even Digital Underground yet, you know, but they're there and they're rapping on the microphone and, you know, doing all this stuff. And it was just it was crazy to be in the Bay Area at that time because the dudes from the Bay Area were just coming into it like. So you like followed the wave, you know, like you go from from. You know, being one of the first, I mean, of course, we just heard the, 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 the story, but one of the first, uh, if not second for whatever, uh, graffiti guys in Atlanta, the coming to California and seeing the birth of it's like the culture West was Coast on a wave. hip hop. They yeah. Just rode it in, you know, just cruised on into Northern California. Yeah. No yeah. Problem. It was just, it was just super rad to be there. Um, uh, like if you go look at Spray Can Art 2 book and see when Mark Bodet, uh, you know, that's where he got his first picture in the in the whole thing. Me and my man Ham too was there. Like, if you go to that Mark Boday page, like my piece, the D of my piece and my tag '86. You know, I, I I was there. Like, I'm just that kid from Alabama that just happened to be at all the right places at all yeah, the right time. Yeah. Just like, like Forrest Gump, man. You yeah, it, like Forrest keeping Gump Alabama, keeping Alabama proud, man. Forrest Gump in your way through life. <laughs> yeah, I just I just ran to the right place, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, Django screw. You know, like we had like Shadow and Dream and Pay, like man, like we it. Well, and this is what I loved about Django. He's like, he's like, we're open. Like we, we, we have, you know, black dude, Filipino dude, you know, white guy, whatever. Like we had all these different styles, all these different mixes. And that's what was super cool about our crew because a lot of the crews in the, in the Bay area, San Francisco at that time, they would be, I, I don't know. It was different. Our, our, our crew was probably the most eclectic because, Sure. Did they have from Alabama? You know, and, uh, uh, but, but <laughs> we got a white dude from Alabama. What do you have? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. thank you for making but, that 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 choice of Cali. Yeah, for sure. Thank yeah. you because uh, again, that, that's why we're here today. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. So fast forward COVID, you know, and then 2020 and all this. So there's this guy. His name's Will. 
he's running this page on Instagram called the East Bay Archives. And uh, it's pretty rad. Like, they're kind of working on a book. Not kind of. They've been working hella hard. Uh, I know it's like five years deep now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're trying to kind of pull a collection, a document of everything, you know, for the Bay Area on graffiti. And so they've been working with all the, you know, old school writers up there and everything. And so they, they posted a, a, a picture of my piece of which my other name is house. Um, that's my other name. That's been very, very little used. Uh, Django with all of his crazy names, he kind of got me into the thing of like, you got to do you need another name. So I'm like, all right, I don't even know how I came upon that, but a house has been my other thing. But anyhow, they posted a piece of my house uh, piece. And and this guy, his so Johnny C, you'll have to look him up. He's K-E-E-T-313. He's a terrorist. I don't know where he's from, but he was on that page, and he – Solve the piece. Okay, so East Bay Archives. So they did this post. They said, you know, Rad, originally from Atlanta, you know, also in the Bay Area, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, thank you, Will, because this is a pivotal thing at this whole thing. So Ket sees this like, hey, dude from Atlanta. And he's like looking, you know, like, hey, we're talking about writers from like 85, 86, but he's from Atlanta? So he had to have been there 83, 84. So he pushes this over to his buddy, Doc Max, and says, like, hey, you know, this this may be of interest to you. So thank you, Ket. Like, man, I don't even know. Like, thank you, but thank you. So Dax hits me up, and I think he was talking to me on the DM, but I saw his comments in the message. I'm like answering him in the message. I didn't see his DM. And I think three hours later, I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't see his DM. And I'm like, okay, that's like 10 o'clock my time, which I was in California. So it's like 11 o'clock. It was 11 o'clock Dax's time. And I just, he's like, hey, you know, would you be interested in talking? Like, we've been looking for you for like 30-something years. (laughs) And I'm like, like, holy crap. Like, all right, cool. Like, I'm like, ATL, that will be my graffiti birth. And so I got to represent this dude's trying to reach out. And I'm like, all right, here's my number. Call me tomorrow. And he hits me up and he's like, hey, dude, not for nothing. If you're up for it, can we talk tonight? He's like, I've been waiting 30 years to talk to you. And I'll call you right now. I'm like, blast, like hit me because, you know, it's COVID. What else am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm hanging out in my garage, twiddling my thumbs, looking at all this crap, you know? So Dax hits me up, 11.30 at night. He and I get off that phone conversation at 4.30 in the morning, my time. Holy shit. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like flabbergasted and blown away. Through this conversation, he's telling me like, he moved to Atlanta when he was like 14. He saw a piece of mine. He showed me a photo of my piece that I didn't even have a photo of. 
And I'm like freaking out because this is the one piece that I did on the like, okay, the writers that influenced me were Futura and Phase Two. Rest in peace, Phase Two. Those were the guys that really influenced me out of the gate. Like I was a subscriber to the IG Times, International Graffiti Times that Phase Two was doing back then. I have actual copies of them. Like I, I take a lot of pride in the possessions of these artifacts of those days. That's exactly what and, they are, too. They're artifacts. And Phase Two was such a crazy intellectual. Like, so he spoke to me on many, many levels. And, and so, so I, I like Phase Two for his methodology and his letter structure style, which was like bizarre. And I love Futura for his his abstract. Well, I love Futura for his colorism and abstractness and, you know, going outside of the lines. And I like Phase 2 for his inside the lines. Sure. So, yeah. So anyhow, oh, of which, while I was in Atlanta. So here's the creep. Met African Bombada in Atlanta in 83. Okay. Like, I met Phase 2. In Atlanta, I met Phase Two Part and Sharp at the Faye Gold Gallery. Well, actually, we all did. The whole United Kings crew, like we we met these pivotal people at this early stage. Like I actually, okay. So, do you guys know who uh, Basquiat is, the famous yeah, artist? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. All right, I met him That's in '83. That's wild. But see, they but they met you. Also that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. As, as pivotal as they were, you are as well. Because you had this young man following your career, and now he's bringing it back full circle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so as much yeah. as, as, as they're, you know, you... Recognize you, your place in yeah, it. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you're recognizing them, and this young man now has recognized you. And, and the West Coast Pop Lock, we recognize you too, because you're also, you know what I'm saying? Everyone's a link to every single one of us those guys were yeah. linked to who you were and what you were doing at the time now this young man has you as his link to the originals and and the beginning of the whole uh art uh graffiti art movement and and so you're just as important as these guys you know what i'm saying but just in a different way for a different for a different era of, of uh, people I, sure. I, 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 I'm just a linker, like, hey, I know that guy that met that guy. This, sure, I'm, I'm but, but to see that's what you think. <laughs> that's what you think, but you really are an important link, an important, an important part of the whole culture, the the art, the music, bringing it to people that may never have seen it, uh, going out there on a limb with all the people that you met, and just said, you know what, I want to meet you. Like that's it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's that it's, and that's one of the things that we always talk about on this on this the podcast is just doing it, going out there, taking a risk, and, and and that's what you did, and you created, you know, you created yourself. You came out here, you lived your dream, you you know, you continue to do it now, and again, you were a part of making my dream come true. Absolutely, because when <laughs> I was in high school, Rad One, I told my boys I was going to be on K Rock, and they're like, Yeah, right. <laughs> And who, and who knew that this guy from Alabama would be the link to me, a kid from <laughs> to the, Orange to the County? Biggest radio show in the United States. No, yeah. and to, to a to a youngster from Orange County, Mexican dude, wanting to be on the number one station in the country. 
And that yeah, was I, I always wondered about that because they didn't even play hip hop back then. No, no and, and I and I'm telling you right now, I was the number. You know, just the number one station. That was my first job in radio ever. Yeah, I didn't have That's to leave. Deep. I didn't have to come back. It yeah. was just bam, and straight then, to the top. Straight, straight to, the, to top. the top. And who was there? Rad One. Rad One yeah. was was part of that rocket fuel that that fueled this rocket. And then now again, I met Johnny. I met Mario through that, and it just continues. The links continue to 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 come together, my man. And and did, did you see uh, Chuck's post? He he was saying like how how you guys didn't even believe like because Chuck and them when because when he worked with me and and in, in my office, you know I'm like oh yeah I know that guy and, and Chuck and them were like yeah dude you don't man whatever dude like you don't know no no lightning from K Rock because because we know who lightning <laughs> sure, was and it's sure. like all right come on this yeah of course you do yeah 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 because yeah. like, yeah, lightning was hardcore into like racing and yeah. cars and and isn't that how you guys hooked up Brad? No. No, I knew I knew him before he was lightning. Oh damn! See, when I used to work for oh, the wetsuit company, you know the surfing. I, uh-huh. I worked in the snow skate surf industry, and and the shop where I was at, um, it was around the corner from this surf shop called Sunny Smiths up in Orange, mm-hmm. and 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 Jay Tills, he worked in the surf shop and what was funny because mike smith he's the owner of the surf shop i mean jay and i I used to go over there like lunchtime break time like it was the closest surf shop to my office and i'm working in the surf industry so why would i not hang out there and they were really cool guys to hang out with so i'm over there all the time and we're cracking up because jay's like i'm gonna be on k-rock like you watch one day i'm gonna be out of here and i'm gonna be on the radio and me and mike were like wow dude okay like all right and and dude i give him mad props because he had a vision he had a dream and he went for it and it was crazy because when he did it we're like dang that's super rad like that was that was mad like he he went and and did his dream and i like mad applaud him for that and it was like super cool and then like that day you know, he called me and was like, hey, you know, because at, at that time I'm already working in publishing now mm-hmm. and I'm working for like, you know, um, wasn't Haymarket, that was later. Uh, uh, it, I can't even remember the name, but anyhow, we had like audio 70 something, something magazine. Right? It was audio or something, right? Yeah, it was car audio, but I can't remember the publishing group. It ain't, not Peterson, but like, like Mullen Argus. It was before they bought Peterson, blah, blah, blah. Anyhow, so Jay knew uh, that I was, you know, in publishing and stuff, and he knew that we had done our TMR magazine out of the garage and all this other stuff. And so he's like, hey, I wanted to do this thing. He called me up, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm busy. But see, Chuck had already started working for me and started doing graphics. So I knew Chuck, like, you know, Chuck kind of took over my spot. And so I knew Chuck was ready to – do that thing so when lightning called i'm like he's like hey do you know anybody i'm like of course i know somebody i know chuck and of course at that time you were chuck's sidekick do or die like <laughs> like you know wherever chuck went you was there probably because you're probably driving him or something you know no I, I had lost my job and chuck was like come kick it you know what i'm saying oh, right now and then he's like hey take some pictures 
cool. It was yeah. at, it was at Dirt Pilot Magazine. I take some photos. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I hooked him up with that whole deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and, it was uh, just like, yeah, hey, let's, let's that's roll. what we do. We look we look after the family, right? Yeah, that's I was right. I was and, a carpool uh, companion at the time. Yeah. So anyhow, you got you know because Steve asked because Steve Chuck I think knew that you wanted to get in radio. Yeah, like he knew. So when I told Chuck. And then I remember Chuck called me back and he's like, Hey dude, can Super Steve come? He's like, Yeah, I think it's been his dream to like get in the radio and I'm like, Sure. Like, why not? Like it's it's my buddy Jay. Like yeah. and, and you were hella funny back then, so it's like back well, then. Yeah, back hella then. Funny. <laughs> I've lost You were Super Steve. You were Super Steve before you were even Super Steve, dude. Like Yeah, but so you, that was, you that coming was down with Chuck yeah. and meeting Jay, and then it was just like this crazy spitball of like Hey, hey, how we're doing? You know, it was like any of our meetings. It was like, all right, cool. What all? What all? How? What all can we do? And and sure enough, it just kind of like sparked from there. And then yeah, I, I remember it was going to be Cali Mag, and then I was going to do the segment in there called Cali's Best. Uh, yeah, and that was going to be I was going to be the character for that segment. Sure. And yeah, it turned into Super City <clears throat> of K Rock, man. Way better. Yeah. It's hey, dude. So tell like. Like, do you tell people, like, do people remember who you were on the radio show back then? Like, uh, Super Steel, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, people that listen to K-Rock, you know, I just had uh, my, you know, my niece and my nephews and they're, like, talking to people at work. Oh, my, you know, Super Steel, yeah, it's my cousin. People like that. I mean, people still, there's a lot of people still in L.A. And, like I said, that's how I met Mario. He he hit me up years ago and, and asked me to come out and, and do his podcast. He's like, ah, this guy's not going to do it. And like uh, like you said, like oh, so that's how you guys met. Yeah, because yeah. he was like, oh, this guy's not gonna do my podcast, but uh, here I'll try. Come and do, you know, because he's a fan of K Rock. And yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, where's it at? And I came out, dude, and had it was it was a blast. I never yeah. I never say no to anything like that because you got to remember, you know, where you were and who gave you sure. opportunities and who opened doors for you and who said yes to you. So yeah. you got to remember the yeses that you received. So when someone asks you, give that yes give, right give back. Give some yeses out give there. Give some yeses up, man. <laughs> yeah. There's enough no's out there. You know what I mean? That's Dude, I just remember hearing you on the radio for the first time, and I was just, like, like dying. Like, it was so awesome that a buddy that I've seen at our family functions, hung out with, you know, you, you, were, you were a fixture within the family. Yeah. Uh, of the family that I was married into, it, it was just crazy. This and, and and your relationship to Anthony, you know, and all that. I'm like, wow, this is just so crazy. But then to like hear you on professional radio in the morning, like you know, from the field reporting from the field with Kevin and Bean, that was just freaking massive. It was just like. That's my man, Super Steve. Oh, my God. Like, I was so stoked for you. Like, I'm going to cry right now. I was so giddy yeah. that that you Thank did you, it. Man. That was Thank just you. like, and it was, I mean, and look at all this. This is just awesome. <laughs> no, and like I said, you're a part of that. Just like, and it keeps going, man. Just like 
just like the graffiti in Atlanta, these people looking for you, and and they, now it's happening to me. And then, you know, with the West Coast pop lock, we're trying to make this thing blow up as well. You know what I'm saying? And get that second that second run. And we always bring anyone and any everyone of our friends have been on here. Anyone that we can, you know, that we can that we can push and help. We always bring them on here. We always hope that people that are listening out there are listening and getting inspiration. And, and you know, that's that's the one thing to me that I just want people to realize that dreams come true, man. And, you know, and we can help each other's dreams come true Hell as well. Yeah. There we go. Caller, you're on the West Coast. Yo, yo, what's up? Nothing. We're, we're, we're granting dreams here. What's your dream, West, yeah. West Coaster? <laughs> yo, this is Fear, man. I just wanted to say what's up to my old school homeboy, Rad One. Oh, yeah. What's up, Fear? What's DC, up? DC, DC in the house. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> What's happening, man? And I can't believe you know Steve. And Steve, you know Rad. That's crazy, bro. Dude, he's, yeah. And it goes with family and shit. Like, I've known Rad for a long time. He's the one, like I said, that link to K-Rock for me. And in Fear, for me, we went to high school together, and he's a guy that people would ask, oh, can you do this name for me? Can you do this girl's sure. name for me? Yeah, can, you, yeah. can you put this on my book? Can you put this on my bag or my backpack? My, 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 uh, my uh, what's it called? My jean jacket. Throw my name up on here, you know? Because yeah. they were the guys that were doing it. That's the first time I ever saw it was, was him and Dove. And, Dove. you know, they were doing like, for me, the Dove first did a, a towel for when I played football. They used to call me Mother. And he put Mother on there, graffiti up. Like, it'd say, Man. your mother. That's how it started. I would say, your Mother on it, so the other team would see that shit. Like, yeah. your Mother, fool. You get him pissed. <laughs> and that was that was Dove, and that was that was Fear. Man. And it's crazy, though, right, Fear? Like, you know, Rad One, man. I've known this guy forever. And it's just like, it's crazy yeah. how it all just comes. Hell yeah. You know? Yeah, see, when, see, when Rad came out, when Rad came out to Orange County, we all linked up at the Huntington Beach Walls, and we all started painting together. And I painted with him like in 1991, 92. Like Rad every used weekend, to me, <laughs> we used to go over to Rad's apartment, and I think Rad was the first person that showed me and Dove the the Star Wars because he nice. had a copy of it on VHS. Hell yeah, yeah, man. And that, Dude, so I yeah, don't definitely, even man. That. Rad one so in the place. Good to see you. Yeah. Thank you, yeah, we man. We painted Belmont yeah, together. Yeah. That was fun. We're going to have to have you on here soon, bro. We're going to have to have you on here really soon. Yeah, you, you guys oh. need to get fear because he's Heck like yeah. super OG, like right there, man. Yeah, he's he's, he's an OG from out here from Orange County. Yeah. Not only that, though, man, he, he was in a, a hip-hop group. They've been in a band. and just all kinds of cool stuff, man. Fear for real, doing it for real. And still continue to do it. And yeah, he he's killing yeah. it. I'm I'm stalking him on Instagram. I'm all jealous because he's like painting and getting up and staying busy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, my man fear. Yeah. And I love his letter style. Oh my god, his yeah. letter style is so abstractively Thank you, cryptic. And, he and the colors, like I don't know. Fear's got his own style, 100 percent genuine, and that's what I've always loved about Fear's style. And he's always doing like live live art on on females. So they come in and they do the live body art. Oh, that's cool. So you know, yeah. So he does that. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And doing the girls gone graph. There and you stuff. go. Girls gone girls gone graph. And then he does yeah. art shows and he has big pieces out there, man. Yeah, heck yeah, we have to have you in for sure real soon. I most definitely come through, bro. You know, you know what time it is. And, yeah. Man, good to see you, <laughs> Rad, man. 
What's that? Say it again. I was I was I was saying, man. Hey, good to, good to see you, bro. And and love hearing the history, bro. I don't even think I don't even think I knew all that about the Atlanta. I knew I knew the I knew the Bay Area stuff, but I didn't know all the Atlanta history. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever asked you know we're just he was so, and that's what like mark was saying earlier we were just living in the moment for the fun of the moment like sure it's like when you see people that you like like it ain't it ain't like like oh where did you come from oh what you do it's like hey you're down to paint let's paint all right cool i like your style you like your style like we we just loved it and lived it in the moment love yeah. you for yeah yeah that's what, that's what it's all that's about, loving, about. living, and, and doing in the moment, man. And, and, that, and that's, what, that's what it's about. I think we've lost that somewhat in, 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 the, in this time that we're in now. Sure. A lot of people are too interested in other shit as opposed to living that moment. Living in the past or living in the future instead yeah. of living fucking right, right now. Yeah. You might miss a thing or two if, you don't, if you're not looking. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But it is the West Coast Pop Lock Podcast. We want to thank Rad One. Also, fear for... Giving us a call. Thank you. And a big shout out to DCV crew out there. Neener also up in here in the chat. Dax Rock. Everyone out there from Atlanta. We, we only made it to like 1986. We need to have him back in. Whenever he comes in town, we'll have him come in and sit down with us. Um, you know, uh, Dax Rock, what's going on? Ride or Drive. Everybody out there that's been tuning in. Thank you so much. Rad One, not only thank you for coming on today, but thank you for being a part of my history as well. Hell yeah. And being the link to my success and my ability to live my dream. And I want you to know, my friend, I thank you from the bottom of my heart to help me live my dream by introducing me and not being afraid and not being selfish with the people sure. you knew or know and allowing others to also enjoy from that. Thank you very much. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, Super Steve. Yes, sir. I love you, man. I love you too, bro. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's the West Coast Pop Lock. You can catch us also. You can catch us on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. on the uh, Local Music Experience app. Download that app. It's for free. Sports and people. There's all kinds of good shit on there. Greaser shit. Yeah, and it's the number one live podcast every Tuesday, 8 o'clock. You know where to catch us. You! So, uh, what, what happened? What? What happened? Yeah, I don't know. I was just going to throw some additional story in there if you wanted to hear something else crazy. What else? Go, go ahead. Oh, go, yeah. So, you know, I went to Japan in 1992 because of spray cans, right? No. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> went to Osaka. Went to go uh, paint for Patrick Ewing when they were launching his own personal basketball shoe line. In Japan? That's cool. Yeah. So this kid, Brandon, who used to work for uh, Fresh Jive, you know, Rick Klotz's company. Sure. So Fresh Jive was like this super dope clothing brand from back in the day. And this kid, Brandon, was like the Orange County sales rep. He scored this deal and he's like, do you have a passport? I'm like, no, I don't have a passport. He's like, well, you got to go get a passport. He's like, I'm taking you to Japan. We're going to paint this gig in Japan. So my first 
like this is 1992 and like in two weeks i'm going to japan never been to japan and yeah so brandon was this like crazy club kid didn't know what a clock was supposed to be at the airport two hours in advance because this was back when it was an international flight so you just needed to be there two hours in advance for an international, not because of all this new stuff. But back then, international flights, they wanted you in early, check you in and all this. So we're supposed to catch a flight going to Osaka, not Tokyo. And here comes Brandon. He's low to the airport. He's got these big bags, like clothes, just all, like not even in the bags. This guy was a train wreck. But everybody loved him somehow, and I'm going to Japan, so I don't care. We missed the first flight, and we're like, but we got to be there on time. And they're like, well, the only way you're going to get there is you got to fly to Tokyo and then just catch a train to Osaka. We had no idea that that's basically saying, oh, you're going to fly to New York to be in San Francisco. (laughs) We're like, whoa, we had no idea. We get to the train station in Tokyo, and you know the movie in The Matrix where there's, like, all these, like, layers of stuff? This train station was, like, 70 layers of trains just going in every direction. And these students they're in their uniforms in japan like this is 92 man 1992 and and so these kids were hearing our conversation and back then it's like if they wanted to speak to westerners so that way they could like test out their language sure really it was the thing to like be able to speak english so they're like never met westerners but they like we want to test out our english so they started talking to us and they find out and then we tell them that like we got to catch this train and we got to get to osaka and you could just see the fear in their eyes when we tell them and we're realizing what time it is and they're like you when the door opens follow us we're going fast and so we get off the train with these guys and they are taking us downstairs and we're going fast because they're like last train tonight. They get us on this train and off we go. And it was just a blur of a blur, but we get there the next day we get picked up. We, we, uh, you know, we got to go get spray paint. So we're going to every hardware store in, 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 a in Osaka to buy spray paint. I'm like caps. They don't have like caps. They got these like fan caps and stuff. So we do there, but we paint, you know, we paint these backdrops and stuff for this whole deal. And yeah, it was just like, all right, cool. I went to Japan in 92 because of stupid spray cans, man. I'm like, (laughs) how, how silly bonkers is that? That's wild. Well, I'll tell you that I made it on K-Rock because of silly cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you once again, Rad One. Thank yeah. you, Rad. West Coast, man. Thank you very much. And we'll definitely have you in when you come out here uh, to the west side. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you.
to you from Big Studios in Compton, California, featuring radio personality Super Steve Flores, comedian extraordinaire That Dude Johnny C, and Mr. I'll Do Anything for a Buck, Mario 81. So throw your tubs in the air and let's get ready to pop up!